Hello all of you, Riz Tekes and Chutzikes to podcast Live the Battlefield with Mario. And today I have a privilege, true privilege, to share the story about spy from my birth place. My birth place is called Osijek and situated in East part of Croatia. Croatia used to be being the part of Yugoslavia, communist country Yugoslavia, but we had a, our war for independence 1990-1991, which I was, of course, the part of that war fighting for democracy and freedom. Now, it's not about me, it's about my fellow citizen. And of course, the city I was born. His name is Branko Vukelic. Lesser known to society, but very, very powerful spy who just happened to be born in the same place where I was. This is the story of Branko Vukelic, and uh, he's an Osijek resident. A story that I put it mildly resembles as a spy book. This is an espionage thriller. And let me bring this to your attention. What you know about spying today? We have the standard operational procedures. We have educations. We have academies. We have the trainings. The recruitment process. 60, 70, 80 years ago, even 100 years ago, everything was about improvising. Hence why this is like an espionage thriller. During the Second World War, Branko Vukelic was a member of Richard Soj, Espionage Circle. Check the video here. Who is widely regarded as a one of the Japan's most famous intelligence officials of all time. They were working for the USSR at the time and gave Stalin with vital classified intelligence that could have influenced the course of Second World War. In 1904, he was born in Osijek. His father was a military boy, was an Austrian army officer in part of Croatia called Lika, and his mother, Vilma, she was a Jewish. His mother, writer, Vilma Vukelic, who was born into Jewish family in my birthplace, Osijek, got interested in left-wing ideals at the close of the 19th and beginning of the 20th century and she nurtured Branko in that attitude, her son. Following the end of the World War I, at the dissolution of the Austro-Hungarian monarchy, the Vukovic family relocated to Zagreb in 1918, where Branko completed his high school. Zagreb is the capital city of Croatia. When he graduated from high school, he enrolled at the Faculty of Medicine, but he failed the test. So he dropped out and enrolled at the Academy of what? fine arts. Arts must be very popular at the beginning of the 20th century. But he didn't stop there. He created a left-wing caricature of carriage driven by a worker and a peasant while being pushed on one side by called the gendarmeria. It's a, it's a type of police, right? And um, uh, was being police above the police, you know, paramilitary organization in ex-Yugoslavia. Another side by priests. As a result, he was forced to leave the Academy of Fine Arts. He then enrolled in Faculty of Civil Engineering. But, of course, he shortly dropped out. Man, he was an artist. So what he did, he began hanging out with the left-wing students, attending Marxist circles, and taking part in protests. He was jailed multiple times and used to suffer good beatings from the cops. But that didn't stop him from protesting. 
Following the murder of then the Minister of Defense, Branko was detained as a part of the group, but he was eventually released thanks to the intervention of his father. Nonetheless, he was recorded by the police and placed on the list of the state enemies. So the authorities grew increasingly interested in his community activities. Raids were also launched on the Vuklic home. Vilma Vuklic and her children moved to Paris in early 1926. For Branco, the heart of the intellectual and artistic cream de la cream of the time, not only Paris, but also a good chunk of Europe and the world was tremendously stimulating atmosphere for him. Let's go in Paris, let's go enjoy. There, the prospective Soviet spy will discover like-minded people who are tired of the left-wing ideologies of the periods. The salon of the Vukovic family, Paris home, on the other hand, become the meeting place for like-minded Yugoslav emigrants. What Branko did then, he enrolled in now into law school at the Sorbonne in 1926. In France, though, he will meet the Edith Ochelsen from Denmark. I think I said that surname properly, Ochelsen. He was 24 at the time and she was 27. Edith was utterly apolitical. She had no political vision and only Branko began teaching her to left-wing ideals. Let's go be communists. Later, she actively participated in the activities of the intelligence network, but more for the sake of thrill than political reasons. The traditional stuffy and sometimes monotonous Denmark of the period irritated her. Well, Edith will fall in love, become pregnant, and give birth to her son, Paul, on 1930. Branko Vukic became close to the Paris communist cell shortly after his arrival in Paris in 1926, when he met socialist exiles. He knew from Zagreb, and thus a group was established Spontaneously, they congregated in La Rotonde. Early 1932, he was recruited as a Soviet spy in Paris by two communists from Zagreb he knew. He's been recruited as a spy by Russians in Paris, not back in Yugoslavia or Croatia, whatever they call. He was recruited in Paris. And as I always come to this point, What's the most vulnerable group in society? The kids, the students as well. And that's how they become exposed to all this learning and teaching of Marxism, socialism, as I was, you know what I mean? Like I was a kid as well. And I had no choice. It was a part of curriculum in school. But imagine overseas, in other countries, become so romantic, you know what I mean? Let's go do rebellion against uh, uh, capitalism and against the democracies and everything else because Russians are good. So he became the Soviet spy in 1932. Branko Vukic's Parisian existence also has an interested tidbit from that time. Vukic's Parisian existence also has an interesting tidbit. Branko, is a Yugoslav emigrant, will acquire a job in the French public service during the Great Economic Crisis, which exploded with the crash of the New York Stock Exchange on a Black Tuesday, October 29, 1929, at a time when many French people have lost their employment. The Crocs de Fou, a right-wing organization formed by Francois de la Roque, was undoubtedly involved. 
Vukilić met Pierre Delors, the younger brother of the organization founder, by coincidence while on trip. So what he did, he assisted him in pulling the automobile out of the mud and he liked the powerful Pierre Delaroque, a right winger and one of the heads of the Compagnie Générale d'Electricité, CGE, who hired him as a private secretary. So he offered him a job. Push my car out more, mud, you're strong, he got a job as a private secretary. Pierre Delaroque accompanied him everywhere, commercial and private, and Branco began to mingle in those right-wing circles. Must be very interesting now to understand. This is remarkable for a committed leftist. Leftists now mingling with uh, people who are rich and powerful. Lydia Stachel, a naturalist American woman of Russia ancestry, who served for the Soviet military intelligence GRU, will have significant impact on Branko Vuklic's life. So there's another woman in his life. Isn't this interesting how the women actually going like a like a threat to the man's life and then actually position him where he's supposed to be? She was born in Rostov, 90, and she's the daughter of Russian Imperial Colonel. She studied Eastern languages in Paris and later maintained a picture store where she duplicated secret documents and periodically transferred them to the Berlin as a cover for her real job. She had a big impact on Vukovic's lives when she met him when he was 14 years younger. Man loves all the women. He stopped participating in protests and fights with the police, fled to calmer waters and took the boxing and photography. Lady on the other side recognized these skills, began preparing him for the difficult work of a spy. Vukovic, intelligence, motivation, self-discipline and dependability, as well as his ability to speak various languages, made him this ideal candidate for the difficult task that Lydia Stachel had in mind for him. She will identify in him a person who is at ease in any situation, thus she has predetermined him for a difficult spy mission. Branco and his wife Edith will board a ship in Marseille in 1932, bound for where? For Japan. We are Port Said, Singapore, and Shanghai six weeks later, in February 1933. They disembarked in Yokohama. Edith and Branko Vukovic, they in Japan. Branko was warned as a... He was warned as he was leaving Paris that he would be contacted by Soviet secret agency upon his arrival in Tokyo. He had no idea who or when it was. He was not provided a name or address. That's a world of espionage. But what is incredible and speaks volumes about the characters and working methods of the communist USSR intelligence apparatus is that Vukovic himself had no idea who he was working for. He didn't know who he was working for. He was convinced he was working for the Comintern, but in fact he was working as a spy for the Red Army, Russian military intelligence, GRU. When Branko Vukovic arrived in Tokyo, he read the local newspapers, notably classified eight pages, because an unknown Soviet spy was intended to contact him through an ad for renting an apartment. Days, weeks, and months had passed. The money they had was swiftly dwindling, and they were on the point of hunger. 
Edit made some money, you know, teaching gymnastics in the two Tokyo schools, while Branko earned a, some small money writing for the French magazine and the Belgian newspapers Politica. Those were trying times for Vukovic family, very difficult. They felt lonely and entirely alone in a very distant and unknown environment. They lived in a tiny, depressing flat in a gloomy neighborhood of the city created after World War I. They were torn between nostalgia and sheer uncertainty about when they would come into contact with the Soviet spy and secret agency in Japan. And it was due to the fact that the Soj had not yet arrived in Tokyo. Everything has a happy ending. They were finally approached by someone from Richard Soj spy group in mid-1933. This was done with utmost caution because foreigners in Japan were being watched by the police at the time, particularly foreign correspondents such as Vukilic. A police investigation would be launched if there was even the slightest suspicions of espionage. And uh, being the European and try to fit into Japanese society, no, you cannot. You stand out by your physical appearance. On the other hand, Edith Branco's wife was the first to be sent on espionage mission. Richard Soch had to physically convey the material he obtained because he did not have a radio transmitter at the time. He required a dependable, quiet messenger who would not be suspicious of the cops. Because all foreigners in Tokyo were the under police monitoring at the time. All foreigners. The wife of political correspondent from a small and fairway country with no interest in Japan apparently went to the thick filter of the Japanese secret services more readily than anyone else. So, Wukage wife at the time, Edith, traveled from Tokyo to Shanghai with espionage microfilms. Tokyo, Shanghai, it's other side, China. She, she handed them in precisely chosen areas before returning to Tokyo with the money received from Moscow. Branko Vukovic meticulously analyzed and picked them in the strange world of spies. Journalists, foreign correspondents, and diplomats where the diverse information being disseminated. But all changed. All changed in April 1935, when he was hired as a correspondent for the then powerful French news agency Havas. And that's happened for the two reasons. Number one, the prestige of that agency opened numerous doors for him that were previously blocking him as reported to Yugoslav Politica and uh, some, you know, bad French newspapers. And the paper that few people follow in Japan heard of. Now, he's working for the something very big. He could gain access to far higher diplomatic circles as well as the Japanese organizations, where he could obtain much higher quality information. In addition, the charge was reasonable. That year, Branko met Yoshiko Yamasaki. And guess what? It was a love at first sight. Their friendship would soon grow into the strong love relationship. His boss, Richard Soge, was not pleased with Vukovic's new relationship with a lovely English student. He was concerned that this would jeopardize the secretive restricted spy circle 
so he alerted Moscow of everything. However, they responded that they saw no danger in doing so. Nonetheless, Vukovic confirmed his love relationship with Yoshiko Yamasaki only after his divorce from Edith in 1940. And their son, Hiroshi, was born a year later in March 1941, as we have seen. However, the weather in Tokyo is becoming increasingly peerless, especially after Germany, Japan and Italy signed the Triple Pact in Berlin on September 27, 1940. Soge was on high alert, but Japanese Secret Service had no reason to suspect any of the group's five members. They were found after one of the Miyagi's acquaintances handed them over to the authorities. Only then, some members of the Soge spy network were apprehended on September 29. Three weeks later, in early October 1941, the police broke into the Vukovic flats where he was living with his second wife, Yoshiko, and their six-month-old baby, Hiroshi. They will take him to Sugamo, the same prison where the famous Soge and the rest of his espionage ring would be prison, without even allowing him to put on his shoes. Now imagine this. Nothing. We arrest you, we put you in prison, whatever you have on yourself, that's it. Soge testified during the investigation and later in the court that Vukovic was far more interested in photography and journalism than in acquiring intelligence data. So he stood up for this man. He said that Vukovic did not have the opportunity to learn anything significant about Jap Japan's political and military condition. I was engaged in intelligence work while he was busy with his reporting work. Soge testified in a court, which undoubtedly helped Bukovic avoid the harshest sentence. He was condemned to the life in prison. Soge, on the other hand, yeah, well, he was sentenced to the death by hanging. The Japanese were precise in the execution. He was hanged in the jail yard on November 7, the anniversary of the October Revolution which is seen as the beginning of the communist period. Although neither Soj nor Vukovic agreed with Stalin's brutal dictatorship, they believed that the USSR was the only hope in what? In the struggle against fascism. He was held in solitary confinement for two and a half years at Tokyo's Sugamo jail, awaiting the start of his trial. And the trial began only in April 1943, with the first instance verdicts issued in September of that year. Branko Vukovic transported to Abashiri prison in the extreme north of Japan, not long after his verdict was rendered final in 1944. He died on January 13, 1944, half a year later. World espionage, it's very great. And most of Spies fall for the woman. Soj was the same as the Vukovic. They loved the women. Soj tried to protect the Vukovic. However, Japanese didn't bought that information. They didn't buy that he didn't spy. They knew it, that he was a spy. Perhaps Soj and Vukovic are being betrayed by the women. Let me know in comment section below what do you think? Are they being betrayed by the woman? Thank you for watching Life the Butterfly with Mario. 
feel free to subscribe, share, like, and comment. Thank you.